Well, I know that I mentioned Game of Thrones earlier in the week, and then I, I mentioned Avengers Endgame 2. It's been a really strong week for story, um, story consumption. I don't think I want to talk about plot points. I don't think, then, that I need to provide a spoiler warning. I just um, wanted to say that it, they've just been really, really, really well done and really moving. I don't think that's a spoiler. There have been lots of emotions involved. That's, I suspect, to be expected. Um, I will say that I think the folks behind the Avengers movie, Endgame, uh, it's quite a feat of filmmaking to bring together all the storylines or all the things that have been out there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everything since uh, the first Iron Man movie. I think they did a good job. And then The Long Night, Episode 3, Season 8 of Game of Thrones. There's been, it's been interesting to read. There's been some sort of, not controversy, but um, controversy. Trying to say it like I'm British. Some folks have felt like the way the, oh gosh, I guess this would be a spoiler. The way the battle was handled was um, not consonant to the way other things have been handled throughout uh, previous uh, seasons. That it, it felt odd, I think, to some people. And I read some interesting articles about the decisions the showrunners made. I don't agree with anybody. I don't feel any of that. I think the episode was really nicely done. There was this, I don't think is a spoiler because the episode's called The Long Night. The episode happens at night. And there was some talk about how dark the episode was and it's hard to see on TVs. Ah, what are you going to do, right? To me, the discombobulation, disorientation that I felt from the episode made me feel like I was there. Uh, not entirely. I wasn't being attacked by the undead. But, you know, f for me... And it's interesting, too, given as sort of reclusive as I can be and sort of as introverted as I can become at the end of the day. Or, and I say at the end of the day because the job that I have, um, I tend to be... Um, I, I tend to present as extroverted throughout the day, and then I come home and I'm very much here and quiet and reserved, and I'm, I, I tend to get energy from being away from people. Being as reclusive as I am, the idea of uh, the loyalty that comes and the feeling that comes from friends standing with you. It's, I guess here's what I mean to say. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, Game of Thrones, Avengers, uh, gosh, Jack Reacher, <laughs> Men in Black, uh, Braveheart, uh, Kingdom of Heaven, Whatever the story, whatever the medium, I find myself drawn to the idea that people who either thought they were alone or people who seemed to be alone in the estimation of their enemies turned out to not be alone at all. Uh, it, it's like in Noah. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, Russell Crowe's Noah, when he's Noah. I think it's the Nephilim in the movie, these stone, these rock creatures. Anyway, Noah's under attack from a bad guy. I can't remember his name. Ray Winstone. He, uh, Ray Winstone, uh, goes to Russell Crowe and is like, I'm going to get you. And, uh, Russell's like, no, or whatever. And he's like, you're all alone. And, uh, Russell Crowe says, not alone. And that's one of my favorite parts of that movie. And all these Nephilim pop up or stand up or whatever it is. It's that idea, right? And they, and there are, there are definitely moments like that in the things that I've been consuming of late. That's all I'll say. And that's to be expected. So everybody calm down. But those are the most moving moments for me. And I, I guess it's ironic to me because oftentimes I, I do feel, um, I, I am of my own volition sort of away from people. And 
by virtue of that kind of alone, although I very much have my, my family with me. But it's not very often that I find myself standing on, you know, a battleground. And the enemy's like, oh, no one's with you. And all of a sudden, 4,000 people ride up behind me and are like, no, he's not alone. That's not a feeling we experience in our lives very much. At least not in that way. But I find myself drawn to that idea. Uh, that idea that uh, of loyalty and sort of fealty in that sense. My name's Steven, and this is Get Tucked. I don't trust this man podcast. scrolling through Instagram just a few minutes ago and there were some posts by people I, I was in the uh, thing where Instagram recommends things, uh, Discover I think it's called, I'm old so bear with me and there were some posts by people who were, how would I say this I'm trying to be super vague on purpose it was about families and like how to be a parent or how to be a dad or a mom or how to, how to lead kind of a Jesus family <laughs> and uh Something about it felt weird. And then I, I, I skipped past it, and then there were just lots of other sort of Jesus-y posts about, there were quotes and encouragements and more quotes. And then, and then you know, there's lots of quotes with, like, this person, oftentimes a guy, sometimes a lady, like, in the background, and there's a quote from that person. Something about all that stuff just bothers me, and it's, it's part of the struggle I experience with doing even something like this, or don't trust this man, the video stuff I used to do. Something about all of it makes me feel uncomfortable. I, it's not just that whole notion of there's always, you know, everybody has an opinion. It's this, it's the idea to go one step further that there's so much, so many of these opinions have the it seems like have the net effect or could have the net effect of just making people feel bad about where they are. And then I, man, growing up in a Pentecostal church and having worked in Pentecostal churches, I understand the idea of conviction and because, if I may be so bold, uh, because of my experience with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I recognize that conviction is, or or that sense that something is amiss, right? The the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer to uh, to bring them to a place of realization regarding some error in judgment or action or something that is remiss. I don't, I don't mean to say that that's wrong. The Bible is clear that just as a good parent by necessity has to employ discipline, so God employs discipline when God's children need it. So conviction in itself isn't the problem. There's just something about conviction that that comes as a result of some person taking advantage of social media to share some opinion. That that feels less good to me. There's just so many voices telling so many people how to do so many things, and I just I just worry that instead of it feeling hope filled and encouraging, and even sometimes sort of sober, soberly reminding or, or frankly convicting, it just feels like guilt and shame and I'm just not that good at it. But it doesn't feel like that's actually helpful for people. I don't know, I, I don't have an answer. 
And again, I recognize that by virtue of talking into a microphone and releasing it into the world, I'm contributing to the din, as it were. It's also why I would much rather ramble. I'd much rather prattle on about nothing, I think, than go so far as to tell you how you should do something because it's what I think you should do. But that doesn't mean that I'm afraid to share my opinion. There's just something about it doesn't feel right. God loved me before I was able to love God. I do believe that. And that has to mean something for the way that I live. It doesn't mean that I don't do anything. It doesn't mean that I'm not responsible for my actions. But it has to change the way I think about what I do, in fact, do. And I worry that too many people are worried about talking about God's love too much. And so to make up for that, we talk an awful lot about how we could be doing everything we do better. And I think, I don't know, man. Being made to be more and more like Christ isn't just about doing certain things better. It's about an entire renewal inside out. And it's something that's being done to us. He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to keep it against that day, Paul said. There was a season in my life when I liked the idea of God being the more responsible party in our relationship because I was really excited about being irresponsible. I think that's changed a bit. I think now I'm excited about God being the more responsible part in our relationship because I just know that God is the more responsible part in our relationship. He's just, he or she is better. <laughs> Her way is better. If I could talk to you, whoever you are, for a minute, if you feel like you just can't get it right, if you're in this place where all the people you listen to are really good at telling you all the things you're doing wrong, and if it just feels like it's one weight after another, I don't want to tell you what to do. <laughs> but I do want to encourage you that God is bigger and better, and his love for you is deeper and wider and higher and taller and longer than anything you can or can't do. And I don't know what it means for you to stop trying so hard, but and I don't know if that's what you think you should do. <laughs> Isn't it fun to watch, to listen to me, try not to tell you what to do, and really what I would say to you is just stop all that nonsense. I don't want to do that, though. I believe that's why God sent the, his Spirit to help us in these moments. But I just want to be an encouragement to you that maybe, maybe all the voices on Instagram or Facebook or TBN or folks at church or whomever it is, maybe all those voices, maybe it's okay just to take a break from all of them for a minute and attempt to find a quiet place that you might hear the very voice of God and you might hear the whisper from heaven that says, you are mine and I am pleased with you because you're my child, not because you've mastered the 10 things every Christian parent should get right by Wednesday noon. Psalm 30, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing.
you have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. One final note. Rachel Held Evans, an author, a blogger, um, passed away today on 4 May 2019. You can do a quick Google search to learn more about her. I just wanted to say truly that may God rest her soul and may God in his good grace be with her husband and their two small children in this time. But for too many people, there is weeping this night. May we be careful to heed the call to weep with those who weep, and may we remember and be encouraged that our weeping is not the end. And I pray that you tonight, by God's good grace, might have peaceful rest and sweet dreams.